Listen up, maggots. We got targets inbound. So lock and load your senses and stand by for imminent contact. If you love beer, you're in the beer army. So grab a frosty brew and get ready. It's time to liberate your senses. It's Beer Army Engaged on Beer Army Radio. Well, welcome to the show. It's Mick Dagger here. And the general. And we've got a lot coming your way here on the Ton program of today. Ton of stuff. we got to be like the Micro Machines guy, talk really fast. Well, we got some uh, <laughs> awesome stuff coming up later in the show with Yikim to Sue. I know you've got some good stuff, Dustin. I do. The uh, homeless man taking credit cards. <laughs> <laughs> how, about, how about World War II concentration camps becoming luxury resorts? Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. This, and you won't believe uh, how gullible... News people are reporters and anchors. I well, you will, but I will. wait yeah. till you hear what we have to share. And uh, a great beer we're featuring as well. No, awesome. Yeah, uh, let's talk about. Uh, yeah, let's just jump into the beer then. So what we're sipping on is uh, from against the gain, against the gain, against the grain brewery out of Louisville, Kentucky. We got Show Enough Low Down Golden Ale. It's a four point four point nine percent. I would really consider it more of a Belgian pale ale because I can tell that there's a Belgian yeast strain being used on this thing. Uh, the brewery's uh, website, atgbrewery.com, and ATG stands for Against the Grain. Um, I would say uh, this is pouring a, a pale amberish color. It, it had a really thick, foamy cap and had uh, good retention. And, hell, man, the lacing's like Spider-Man on this thing, man. So, yeah, it doesn't have problems <laughs> with Peter Parker in my yeah, glass, man. Exactly. Um, there's fruity esters, aromas up front of uh, pears and apples. I, I get some of this biscuit and bready notes that follow uh, after that and the nose. Uh, the fruit is kind of overpowering uh, the esters a little bit. Uh, the flavor is similar to aroma, but a little bit more complex. You get some spicy notes from the yeast along with the citrus and the banana. There's some zest in there, too. Uh, especially on the back end, I think maybe some of that bitterness. I think it's from it's like the zesty type taste. Yeah, uh, you get more sweet malt base with the fruits dancing on top. Um, the bo- the body and mouthfeel are low with medium to high carbonation. The carb levels help to balance out the thinness of this beer. I think uh, it's kind of creamy. Uh, it's definitely sessionable, and um, you have to expect it. I think to be kind of thin when you think of sessionables. I mean, not necessarily. I guess it really kind of depends on how the beer was brewed, but. Uh, it's a pretty straightforward beer. It's not bad. Uh, no, it's a great summer beer, I, man. I, 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 I get I get a kick out of the uh, the artwork and going onto their website <laughs> yeah. and, and the description of this beer on the can. I don't know if you can read it over there because I don't think you have your reading spectacles. But no, I, I got them. You I got it? Okay, go oh, for yeah. it. It's a low down golden ale here from uh, Against the Grain. Beer for the bad mother. <laughs> Is uh, in this baddest mofo low down golden ale in this town? Show enough. This thirst-quenching golden ale can get a rise out of any limp wimp. Don't believe it? Shotgun the showgun and show you can handle a beer for the bad mother... <laughs> show enough. <laughs> and they even say shotgunner from the can. It's like... <laughs> shotgun the showgun and show you can handle a beer for the bad motherfucker. <laughs> Although, of course, they have... Yeah, yeah. So, Against the Grain Brewery and Smokehouse, so it's actually a brew pub, is located in the southwest corner of Louisville Slugger Field at the corner of Jackson and Main Street. Nice. Uh, it was founded by brewers Sam Cruz, Jerry Nagy, Adam Watson, and restaurantier Andrew Ott in September of 2011. And each one of them has a description about themselves, and it's awesome. I'm going to read one of them because it's just funny as hell here at the end. But uh, it's a former train station that features uh, beautifully this um, this industrial-type architecture um, lending uh, to the, they expose the brewery and the brew house and the copper clad. So it, it really opens up into the dining room. 
Um, inside, you'll find one of the nation's only operational Victorian-styled three-story showpiece brew houses. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, they have a copper-clad 15-barrel brew house. They have a max capacity of about 1,500 beer barrels. So that kind of surprised me when I saw that they're being distributed as far out as they are. So then I did some digging. And in 2013, they needed more production capacity. And since they distributed out of state, they teamed up with Pub Dog Brewery located in Westminster, Maryland. So they were actually flying there, brewing it. I think, you know, it's kind of a quasi-contracting. That, you know, it sounds like, um, you know, again, when we talk about the evils of contract brewing, not that I think there's any evils. You should judge a beer based on how the beer tastes. You know, everything else be damned, in my opinion. But if you're flying there and you're brewing it and stuff like that, you're packaging it, you know, vice where you hire somebody, you know, like, okay, well, here's my recipes, vice saying, okay, I don't have any recipes, just brew me something. You know, there's different levels, right. I guess, of um, integrity, I guess you would say, of contract brewing. That's a good way to put it. I, yeah. I don't know how to explain it. Again, and I'm not putting down contract brewing. I don't have a problem with it. Again, I think you should judge the beer based upon the beer. But um, so they teamed up with them. And then in 2014, they announced a plan to do an expansion back in Louisville at a new location, increased production by over 400 percent and includes a new packaging facility uh, while staying located in Louisville, Kentucky. So they found a 25,000 square foot um, building and uh, they built uh, with a three vessel brew house um, or three vessel 30 barrel brew house. And uh, yeah, so they're they're just uh, they're going to town. But. I did wanted to talk about, remember we talked about one of the founders, uh, we gave you four guys. So basically it's three brewers and a restauranteur. And again, we said Sam Cruz, Jerry Nagy, Adam Watson, and restauranteur Andrew Ott. So on, on Adam's, or on Andrew's, I'm sorry, he, he they both have a description about themselves. So I just want to read you his description. He goes, a hardened criminal from the mean streets of St. Matthews, Andrew began his restaurant career in seedy pool halls where he broke fingers in exchange for chicken sandwiches. The folks at Outback Steakhouse <laughs> noticed this talent and decided to give him a job. After more than a decade of <laughs> laboring under the cruel whips of Australian convicts, Andrew was thrown out on the nest for contesting the well-known fact that Foster's is Australian for beer. <laughs> and he goes, a brief stint as a nomadic wanderer was followed by a slightly longer stint as a wandering nomad, during which time he developed skills at homebrewing cigar smoking. And these skills <laughs> led him into a brew pub job, eventually connecting him with the rest of the Against the Grain uh, Brewery crew as the only member of the group who was significantly experienced at managing a restaurant. <laughs> and it kind of goes on, but it's just it's just funny, man. He's like, his goal is to make sure you have a good time, even if you has to get a little risque to do it. He's also available for children's parties. <laughs> you know? So yeah, it's a prime person. You went for a children's party, well, one that has experience of being whipped by Australian convicts. Well, the cool thing is they don't take themselves too seriously, obviously, and they're just uh, you know lighthearted about everything. And I just thought it was it's pretty funny. You know, I just well, that's awesome. You know, and if you read all, I highly recommend you go to their website, read the descriptions for all of them because it's pretty damn funny. <laughs> Uh, but I love their beer names. If you go to their website, the amount of beers that they have listed is ridiculous. I'm talking, there's at least 75 to 100 beer names here listed. And they're all hyperlinked, so you can get information uh, on the beers and stuff like that. And some of the ones that I really thought were kind of funny was like the names, Shart Pants, Another Tribute, a.k.a. Shit Jeans, uh, <laughs> Smell the Rug, Bananal Bees, and Milk the Otter. <laughs> I'm just like, they got a Racho Man Randy Beverage. You know? <laughs> it says, sip into a Racho yeah. Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it 
just they do a really good job. They make they make it fun, which is what I think beer should be about is making it fun. You know? Well, their artwork's great, and they give credit yeah. to their uh, you know art and design by RobbieDavis.com right there on the can. Yeah. yeah. One thing I notice here though too, it says uh, you know optimal temperature, but it says forty two degrees. Drink from the can. Right. <laughs> and with the way this this beer the nose is and the finish is out of the glass, it's one thing. I'm curious to know what it's like out of the can because it might contain. I don't know. It could be totally wow. Oh. Well, That's I mean, you're not going to get any nose, though. You're not going to really drink it. I mean, if you're drinking out of a can, you're not, you know, at 42 degrees, I mean, you're not going to get a whole lot more flavor. Whereas we, I let this thing warm up right. a lot more than probably we probably should have. Maybe it's a flavor. smooth beer. It is definitely a spring, summer, mow the grass yeah. at the oh, beach, yeah. uh, refreshing beer. Yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, so go check them out. Again, we are talking about Against the Grain Brewery. You can find more information at atgbrewery.com. So. Football, man. I want to talk football before we hit this break, though, buddy. Well, uh, yeah, we got the big game coming I'm so, up. I'm so excited, man. And I know you got, you're getting ready for your orange and blue, and I'm getting ready for my blue, black. And, yeah, but you know. I got a question for you. Okay. What's up with Cam Newton and his gold and zebra striped, <laughs> like, know, tight, like, literally like yoga pants for hey, dudes? I don't know, man. Maybe it helps him keep his, uh, it's like spanks for women. Maybe it helps him keep everything in place. Well, Deion Sanders even pointed it out and made fun of him really? for Deon, Yeah, Really? Deion did? Deion, The ones that you wore, did you look at the mirror before you walk down and say, man, I'm going to kill him with these. Absolutely. It's Super Bowl 50. The mantra, the colors are black and gold. The black and gold attire that I had in my closet was extremely limited. So when I looked at my pants and I said, these are black and gold, these shoes are black and gold, to tie along with the whole Super Bowl 50, black and gold. You know, those are must-win wow. pants. You can't get off the <laughs> You need to see like see these pants. No, I haven't. And lose. Every time I put on an attire every single morning of my life, it's a must-win attire. So it's nothing different. Love you, man. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, you need to see these pants. I'll have to check it out, man. Yeah, look at them right there. Look <laughs> at those pants. Oh, come on, man. He's, 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 he's fashion sense, baby. Metrosexual, man. He's, you know. I'm sorry. It looks like he stole Steven Tyler's wardrobe. <laughs> he just needs a mic with some bandanas <laughs> hanging on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, All right. No, it's going to be a good game. I'm really excited for no, it. And I think uh, a lot of people are saying there's going to be a blowout. Panthers are going to blow so, them man. out. I think no. it's going to be a really, really, really good game. <laughs> I think uh, if you if you discount uh, Denver and and Peyton Manning, I think you. Uh, I think the, I think the Patriots did. I think they discounted them. Yeah. Look what happened. So uh, you know, I hope I really hope my Panthers don't screw around. Don't get me wrong. I hope they put their foot on the gas and they don't look back. You know what I mean? And just keep going and going and going and don't, um, I, you know, I don't know, get that mindset like they did with some other games and where they, the teams come back, you know, and they get right back into it. I, yeah. I I mean, I do hope it's a blowout, but I don't think it's going to be a blowout. So uh, I'm just really excited. Um, I've been invited to a lot of different Super Bowl parties. I think I'm just going to sit at home and watch it because um, – yeah, I just be in the comfort of my own house and watch yeah. the damn game. No, I get that. I, I, I've been the same way. Are Katie, we getting old? I, maybe. I don't know. Katie's really excited, too. And it's like it's a school night, so I don't want to go somewhere. And she's with me because she really wants to watch the game. And I'm really excited for her. But uh, I'll tell you, you want to talk about uh, stealing stuff or whatever. Donald Trump, man, this whole Iowa caucus we had this past week. And uh, that hair, though, dude. You know, and, and I'm blown away. <laughs> well, he didn't win. He didn't steal. No, I know that. But, that, but the thing is, I don't know if you saw his – it wasn't um, the speech that they give – uh, 
Well, concession? We didn't. Listen. Well, he didn't. Not so yeah, much a concession. No, no, it wasn't. Lose, no, no, but. it wasn't. But uh, what I was blown away is Ted Cruz obviously coming out four points on top, and then Mark Rubio closing the distance within one point of him. So I was blown away with that. And then, of course, on the flip side, um, with uh, Bernie and freaking Hillary, basically is a virtual tie. So that tells yeah, me there's a one percent difference on that. Yeah, I mean, to me, that's too much of a er- margin of error to, to count. You know, so um, yeah, that's that's interesting. Don't get me wrong, I definitely. I'm not a fan of Hillary. And then, of course, Bernie, his whole socialistic type uh, agenda yeah. doesn't exactly warm me up either. human Muppet, man. Yeah, so. I'm Marty Panders. <laughs> oh. oh, and Donald Trump got tomatoes thrown at him. He did. But, yeah, before the uh, before last night's caucuses. Well, not, not right before, but uh, over the past, sometime in the past yeah. week. And uh, so much so that he told a crowd in Iowa this. So if you see somebody getting ready to throw a tomato, knock the crap out of them, would you? Seriously. Okay? Just knock the hell. I promise you, I will pay for the legal fees. I promise. Wow. I promise. Wow. Yeah, a presidential president, guy yeah, buying for the presidency to uh, you know, kick somebody's ass for me. I'll pay your legal fees. You know, I do have to admit that... This is probably one of the more exciting uh, election cycles we've had in a long time. When I say exciting, not necessarily exciting per se, but we t- we're talking about it. like every day. It's like, oh my gosh, did you hear this or did you see that? You know, I, right? You know, yeah, so exactly. I don't know, man. It's it's comical, but yet frightening at the same time. Yeah, well, it's just so absurd. It's almost idiocracy unfolding in front of us. <laughs> but uh, you've seen that movie, I hope. Which one? Idiocracy. Uh, I don't know if I have. Check it out. I okay. need to watch it. All right. And then you'll be you'll be laughing and then sad at the same time, okay. <laughs> like a crying game. Yeah, yeah this can't be real life. Uh, make sure you do stick around. The camp, the foundation cornerstone of Beer Army Engaged coming your way with Heroes Never Die and a twist today. Yeah, the, the baby's a hero. Yeah, get not it. not yeah. not being rescued, but being the hero. Well, stick around for this. Go AWOL with Beer Army Radio. We're online and mobile at beerarmy.org. Every soldier needs quality gear. Get yours at BeerArmy.org. Hats, t-shirts, and more. Show Murphy he can't keep you down and announce to the world that you're in the Beer Army. Go to BeerArmy.org. Do it. Uh, By the way, Murphy's a bitch. It's Beer Army Engaged on Beer Army Radio. Don't forget, there's some new merch available online at uh, BeerArmy.org. There's a lot of great Beer Army swag. And remember, Beer Army Foundation is just an awesome organization, and I'm so happy to be a part of it, man, doing great things and having a positive impact in the community. It's just it's wonderful. Yeah, I still got to get the uh, the socks up there on the website. That's on me. I haven't updated the uh, the Hornets shirt because we're saying pre-orders only, but we have it. I just haven't updated the crap. And um, and then our, our uh, newer tap handle, that's got to go up there too because oh, yeah, yeah. it seems like people are interested in buying that we have the very old the first generation one is up there but we don't have the second one with the dog tag on there so um yeah you know it's just uh, great and like you said memorial organization we got a bunch of uh new dog tags that went up at memorial hall so really excited about that as that continues Sweet. to uh get fuller at the uh beer Army burger company so yeah and definitely about super bowl beer Army burger company is having a great little super bowl shindig so if you don't have a location to go to and you don't want to be a lazy bastard like me sitting on your couch <laughs> take your happy ass on down to beer Army burger <laughs> company and uh and get it so 
Uh, I got a little update for us before we jump into our Heroes Never Die segment. Uh, do you remember back in episode 165 in Get Bent, and we, I think that was the first week in December, we did, we covered that incident back in uh, early November with the protest down in Missouri. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Remember the university. The, remember yeah. the student uh, journalists were trying to showcase it, yeah. and then we had that, what I would consider that idiot uh, assistant uh, professor, Melissa Click, and she's like, hey, somebody give me some muscle, yeah. help get these people yeah, out of here. Well, she cut a deal with Columbia City prosecutors this past week, uh, Steve Ritchie, who decided not to pursue misdemeanor assault. She pledged no further illegal behavior for a year and to complete 20 hours of community service. Uh, She could have been put in jail for 15 days. Uh, The university's gone ahead and suspended her, and they're doing an internal investigation to determine if additional discipline is appropriate. And uh, if you don't remember, she had that confrontation like we kind of talked about, that student photographer and student videographer and during those the protests on the Columbia campus, and you know, as university's leadership indifference to racial issues, really what that was kind of all about. And uh, she, you know, she was trying to recruit some muscle. I'm doing air quotes for protests to help remove the videographer. You know, and again, it's just crazy because it's like these are your own students. You're teaching this. You're a communications professor. Like, what you know? What are we doing? You know? Well, yeah, there's a definite uh, ethics and conduct investigation warranted for that. Absolutely. But dude, what about this? So now the school's finally going to be doing an investigation of their own. How come you haven't been doing the investigation since the incident back in November? Like, what the hell? They're, they're, uh, they were probably just hoping it would disappear. And then now that this has come down, they're obligated to do it. Yeah, I don't know. That, that's a, the perspective I get from it anyway. Well, I don't, you know, I don't look for Melissa Click to burn in hell or anything. I, you know, she needs to, definitely she needs, needs to, to be held accountable. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think so. And I think uh, it's appropriate. I don't think she deserved jail time or anything. But, uh, yeah, it's just crazy, man. I guess what I find crazy is that the very students of what you're teaching about uh, journalism and stuff like that, and then you're like, then you attack your own oh, students. Yeah, that's for doing the thing that just blows me away. Yeah, it's yeah. like what world, bizarro world again, you know? So. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> well, let's let's dive into the the meat and potatoes, the good stuff. Yes, sir. Let's uh, let's feel good about humanity here for a minute, and that's why we do our heroes never die. Because in this crazy world, when stuff happens and your life can be flipped up on its end, you never know who's going to step in the gap. Nick, we talked about it before we went into the break. We've had plenty of uh, Here's Never Die segments where somebody's rescuing children, somebody's rescuing babies or a baby. But I think this will be the first time where we actually have the babies responsible for saving the family through its um, inherited ability to cry (laughs) and not be happy in the middle of the night. So uh, here, give us a listen. This is up in Canada, British Columbia. Baby Celia is only 15 months old, but in the eyes of her parents, she's already a hero. If she hadn't cried at that moment, um, we wouldn't be sitting here today. So mm-hmm. but, uh, she she really pulled through for us. Monique and Kyle Rappel were fast asleep in their Kamloops home last Friday night. The new parents usually appreciate it when their baby girl sleeps through the night. But this time, they were lucky she woke them up. I got out of bed as per usual to go um, see her. And I only made it a few feet. And, and then Vertigo just took over and I fell back down onto the bed and just couldn't couldn't get myself kind of together. The family didn't know it, but they had been poisoned by carbon monoxide leaking from their furnace. They followed a hunch and decided to leave the house. We get to Celia, we wake her up, um, getting ready to leave the house, and she just starts vomiting all over me. 
Um, and at the same moment, I looked down and my cat was passed out on the floor. So I, I became hysterical and, and we knew something was really wrong. Wow. So, yeah. So the, the baby was, well, they, you know, they, she said that they, she woke up the baby, but the baby was already crying. So I'm not sure if she misspoke there or whatever. And as I uh, read more into the story, you know, they, and I was researching because, you know, like you go into uh, coal mines for gas leaks or whatever, they usually put a canary and they mm-hmm. say because uh, smaller, younger things are usually more sensitive to the environment that right. they're in. So the theory here is that the, she, baby, was the, the baby was like the canary in the right. situation that alerted it. And, you know, and so for her to get up and then she's going to get immediate vertigo and falls back onto the bed, which startled her husband. Uh, Kyle and he got up like what and he's feeling light like what the hell's going on and then they see your cat's passed out and then you go into the baby pick up the baby the baby starts vomiting like tell me you ain't like what the hell is going on can you imagine that like I'm getting chills thinking about that yeah you know so it's just crazy so you know Mm. so they went ahead and they got out they made their way outside they called 911 um, and then they were rushed to a, a hospital where they received oxygen therapy. But the you know the doctors were like, we weren't sure like how much you know CO two you have in your system. So they flew them to a Vancouver General Hospital for more specialized treatment, where they put them in a freaking hyperbaric chamber right. with oxygen hoods. And there's a couple of pictures of them as a family in this. And then the the, the hood, your Christmas card the, for 2016, the hood that goes over your head. They have one on the baby, literally over the whole baby. You know? And the baby's just like, eh, you know. So it, it was. Um, wow. Yeah, it just. Uh, just crazy. I mean, they so they did three sessions of that for six hours. They spent in the hyperbaric chamber, and uh, they're pretty much back to normal. And um, that's good. They're back to work, and Celia's back at daycare, and expect to make a full recovery. But they went ahead, and, and you know, they said, "Look, well, they have an older home, and the way their furnaces, but you know, they didn't have carbon monoxide or carbon dioxide um, detectors in their house, and they're really wow. highly imploring people to please mm-hmm. consider because you know it's a tasteless, odorless gas. Mm-hmm. And I know firsthand from the brewing side of it that's the reason why you have lockout tags and stuff like that if you're flushing out something with co2 or you go into a room that maybe because of co2 leaked i mean it'll drop you i accidentally stuck my head once down into a vessel not realizing been purged i mean as soon as you hit it you can't even breathe and luckily as i fell back you go you know and and you get oxygen i mean because if you fell into that you're gonna die instantly because you're going to immediately black out because there's no oxygen, right? It's all CO2. All the oxygen's displaced, displaced because CO2 is heavier, and it's mm-hmm. gonna, you know, it, it's it's nothing to mess around with. And I used to think, you know, again, until that specific incident, I never thought like, oh, what's the big deal? Because you always think, oh, it's got too much CO2. I'm getting lightheaded, dizzy. I need to open up a door, open up a window. But if you go into an area where it's full flushed out with CO2, you're screwed, man. You yeah. Know? Well, there's really, yeah, we don't have alarms and everything else in our body. When our body starts shutting down, that's our alarm. It's not like it's a gradual thing. When there is no oxygen. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, zero oxygen. (laughs) Exactly. You're not going to get like a second breath or a second like, ooh, or let me, because the minute you gasp, you just sucked in a bunch of CO2. It's not like, oh, let me hold my breath. That breath you're holding is nothing but CO2. You're you're immediately passing out. And so... Uh, just crazy, and I thought that the interesting part of this story is that both parents are, are contributing it to the baby. That look, if she wouldn't have cried, we would. They feel confident they would have died. Everybody would have died in the house, you know. And the wow. others too. And I was just like, wow, yeah, exactly. Like, 
Wow. And so I was like, can a baby be a hero when it doesn't realize it's being a hero? I'm thinking, sure, people can be, anything can be a hero. Well, the people we highlight don't consider themselves heroes most of the time. And usually the people that consider them heroes is the people who are perceiving it, Mm -hmm. whether it's the the victim being rescued or third-party bystanders like us who are observing or hearing about the story. You say, hey, that was a hero. So in my eyes, it's like the baby's the hero in this situation. So, yeah. so for the first time ever, we uh, we have a baby being a hero. Literally a pint-sized hero. <laughs> pint-sized hero. Yeah. That's right. Cecilia, is that the baby's yeah, name? Yeah, uh, Celia. Celia. Yeah, yeah. There's no not a second C, just C-E-L-I-A. And uh, Rupal is the last name. Awesome. And, and then mom and dad was Kyle and Monique. And uh, yeah. important kid there. Yeah, I would say so, man. Go buy uh, some scratch off lottery tickets or something. <laughs> you know? Have the baby scratch them off or something. I, I don't know, man. That's but. a great story. Get all the details on this. Hit up beerarmy.org. If you're listening on iTunes, uh, double click the uh, Beer Army Engage logo and you can get all the show notes and links to more right there. I also want to remind people uh, scholarship season's open. So, yep. you know, submit your uh, scholarship applications and stuff like that. We've had people hitting us up. They're like, what do I got to do? Go to the website, beerarmy.org slash scholarships. You follow the information, apply. It's pretty dang straightforward. The most cost that you'll have is whatever a stamp is nowadays, 50-something cents, and your time. Yeah. I can't think of a better way to get a $500, $1,000, or $2,500 scholarship. It's, it's pretty straightforward. And uh, and then, of course, uh, we'll be talking more about that down in Wilmington, encouraging uh, people that go to school down in Wilmington, University of Wilmington, uh, when we attend the Cape Fear Beer Fest on yeah. March 5th. I know you're rolling down with us. Yeah. And uh, we got your bestie, the Hornets commander herself. <laughs> She'll be rolling down there, uh, Christy Smith. So uh, awesome. looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah, it should be a good time. So if you're down in the Wilmington area, March 5th, come on out to the Cape Fear Beer Fest and uh, say hi to Beer Army and Company. So. Yeah, we're going to have a good time. <laughs> and uh, speaking of the scholarships, don't forget, that's, that's North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, Virginia, Virginia and, and the state of Oregon. That's correct. Those three states. So if you're listening in any one of those three states, definitely hit up bearme.org and uh, get more information there. If not, you know, submit your own. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I know people are saying, why aren't you in South Carolina? We've been getting a lot. I think we're going to try to make plans for 2017 to get mm-hmm. into South Carolina. Uh, basically, we go into the states where we have fundraising efforts. So if you're in a state and you're interested in helping us put on a fundraising effort, we can open up that state to scholarships because that's where the money comes to fund those scholarships is from those, from those specific fundraising efforts. So, exactly. you know, get involved, man. It's the power of Beer Army right there. That's right, baby. And all the information can be found at beerarmy.org. Stick that's around. We do have our Yikum to Sue coming up. You can't make this shit up. <laughs> There's some good stuff to get to, whether it be uh, pranking news anchors to using former concentration camps for rich folk. Nice. Um, wow. Yeah. Put yeah. me by the furnace. Oh, God. <laughs> and I know you got some stuff of your own to get to, so stick around. It's coming your way. Hey, mothers, lock up your daughters. It's Mick Dagger and the General. Without seeing what I'm hitting, that sounds like I'm hitting a crack pipe or something. That's good shit, man. I can smell it from here. <laughs> I haven't smoked a cigarette in over a month, but my God, this crack is amazing. Beer Army Engaged on Beer Army Radio. On the battlefield of beer, an informed soldier is a good soldier. Learn more about the Beer Army Foundation. Go to beerarmy.org. Get informed about beer, upcoming events, festivals, and community outreach that the Beer Army provides and supports. The revolution starts with you at beerarmy.org. Just want to remind everybody that uh, become a Beer Army Super Soldier. Pledge your support. Go to beerarmy.org slash pledge. Uh, you can get all the information. Uh, we have different levels. You get some swag in return. 
And uh, remember, your uh, donations are tax deductible according to the current tax law because we are a 501c3 nonprofit. So uh, check it out. Help us out. And uh, it's a great way to support us and at the same time uh, get some stuff to show your support. And, and of course, we added all about beer magazine subscription at different levels. Yeah, and uh, yeah. so it's just, it's just a good opportunity. Check it out. Get more information. Yeah, some good stuff there. And uh, right now, uh, speaking of good stuff, I can't necessarily say it's good stuff. It tweaked our interest or piqued <laughs> our interest uh, because in this screwed up world, it's just amazing stuff that happens and things that people do because they're just some shit you can't make up. Let's check them to Sue. <laughs> All right, amigo. Uh, I wanted to share with you out of you know the big huge winter storm Jonas oh, and the blizzard that hit up north. The thing that screwed, uh, screwed Jolly it. Skull as far as having maximum Man. possibility of attendance. Well, it didn't screw us. Well, I mean, I mean it, attendance was down per se compared to past years. It's still a great event, but it just when you slave away at an event for six seven months and then. Mm-hmm. I think what really frustrated me is that the weather the following day and then the next weekend was like 60s, you know? You're yeah, like, come yeah, on. Yeah. Well, the thing so. is, is is out here in, in North Carolina, it's like nine times out of ten, the weather's going to be portrayed as something a lot more horrible and worse than right. it actually is. And that's just, I don't know. It's just like they scare everybody. Yeah, they do. <laughs> but anyway, it was really bad up in Washington, D.C. There was that huge blizzard. And uh, News Channel 4... The NBC affiliate there in D.C. decided they should get somebody on from the Virginia Department of Transportation. Okay. So they got what they thought was a, uh, a man from the VDOT. Okay. And the following transpired. Now to the Virginia Department of Transportation, VDOT. we got Jason Bond on the phone. Jason, how's it looking for Bond. you guys this morning? Uh, it's, a, it's a rough morning for sure. Uh, we're busy. Uh, a lot of our plow trucks are... Getting held up a bit. It's a lot bigger than what they expected. And disabled vehicles. There were just as many stranded cars like the ones that we're seeing um, on the video here. Is that yeah, been a big I mean, problem? Yeah, that's the prime example. I mean, my drug dealer and my prostitute were on the way, and you know they couldn't get it delivered. You know, I, I couldn't believe it. So for people that are traveling, and she keeps going. That- oh yeah, I'm stopping it right now. There's more. There's another. She didn't pick up. Like, okay, this guy. We need to dump this. He's not. N- no. He's not and really- they continue <laughs> to try to save the situation. Me too. Uh, what are your words of advice? Oh. Stay bunkered down as long as possible, and then you know, check your slot, check the main roads, call your friends, family, use your network that you know to see if it's passable. If it's not, don't take a chance. There's no reason for it. You know. The prostitutes will be there tomorrow morning. And, you know, have a good time then. Have a good time. What are your, your road crews as far as, what, what kind of shifts are they working on to try to keep these roads clear? Oh, I mean, God. these guys are working, I hate to say it, but uh, almost 20 hours, you know. And there's good call girls in the hotel. They just stay there, you know. Okay, thank you so much. Jason Bond giving us, or uh, bringing us up to Are you serious? Yes. And what news affiliate was this again? This was News 4, the NBC oh, affiliate this is like, in yeah. Washington, D.C. This isn't some online news station. This is like legitimate news station mm-hmm. getting handed to them by yeah. this guy. Washington, D.C.'s NBC News 4. Usually you dump and you say, hey, we apologize for that. Sometimes mm-hmm. that slips up. We, people don't, you know. I thought maybe it was another Baba Booey moment or something from Howard Stern because I know they do that with some of their crew. Don't go out into the storm. <laughs> Your hookers and drug dealers will be there tomorrow. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, that's about as nuts as this next story that we're talking about. I know we were talking about the break because we were like, is this for real? 
But I have a man, 42 years old, so about my age. His name goes uh, by Abe Hagenston, and he's homeless. But that does not let him, that does not stop him from thinking outside of the box. Give this a listen. Honest Abe, as he's known, has been on the streets for 10 years. And with the tech background he has, he's taken working the corner to the next level. Why not be the first homeless person in the whole world to have my own website and take merchant, you know, have a merchant account and take credit cards? Drivers caught at the lighted Woodward in 8 Mile may have gotten away from Abe Hagenston over the last four years. Outside of the occasional night in a motel or a vacant house, this is his home along with his feathered roommates. Takes a lot to come from nothing when you don't have any family, you don't have any friends. But Abe isn't the average homeless panhandler. He has a website. Being homeless is my business. Now my business is being homeless. Will work isn't just a meaningless slogan for Hagenston. You can actually hire him for odd jobs on his website. I've done some painting. I've done. Uh, I've taken a couple of various other friends of mine that are homeless people out on uh, team jobs that I had to do. Of course, he'll take a donation. God bless you. And yes, that means he takes credit cards. He even got the square to take credit on the corner, but his phone was stolen. <laughs> And he, oh my and, god! And he has a website. And um, he, does he, he realize he's gonna have to pay taxes? I don't know, dude. All I know is that uh, cash donations, please. Right? He's been on the street for ten years, and he goes by the name of Honest Abe. And again, he's right there at Woodward and Avenue and Eight Mile Road. Um, and he takes credit cards, man. You know, through a square app. You know, but <laughs> well, his phone got stolen. So I don't know if he's still taking credit cards, but. You know, the, the thing that I thought was interesting, he had another quote. He goes, um, where he, you know, he's quoted saying, he goes, I've rebuilt my life a few times, but this time I'm not getting it. <laughs> so I was like, what? And I like had to reread it. So I guess he's just given up trying to rebuild his life. He said, people don't realize how tough it is to come from nothing when you don't have any family or any friends. But, you know, if he has a tech background, he seems like a smart guy. Like, so I think he's choosing to live that lifestyle, you know, and I, I know there are homeless people that do. They rather that's why they want to do it, you know, but I just was I guess I was blown away. And then what a it, crazy city to choose to be homeless. And then you go to the uh, if you go into the show notes, you click on the article, they have a link to his website and you click on the website automatically starts playing a video. And he's like, hey, you know, I'm just like, this guy's got skills like I don't know. You know, you can. Wow. I don't think you need to be that's homeless. interesting. I wonder what's I uh, wonder what's held him back. I don't know. I don't know. He just unless he, he just wants that. He life. says he's not getting it. <laughs> you know, so. uh, uh. It's, it's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I, I thought that was one of the craziest things I've. I I've couldn't seen in a make. While. Well, to me, it's comical to think of a uh, homeless man with a square reader. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. oh, here, sign here, please. You want to leave it? You want your receipt emailed to you for your <laughs> donation for my homelessness? Yeah, it's crazy. Ah, oh, that's nuts. Speaking of uh, speaking of nuts. How about uh, former concentration camps being used as luxury resorts? Yeah, you're saying that. I'm like, what? Like, yeah. Like Auschwitz and stuff like that? I mean, Well, these are... Uh, it's a former World War II concentration camp in Montenegro. Okay. And it's one that was... Uh, it'll be turned into a luxury resort. And, of course, there's a lot of outrage from families of former prisoners. But right. this deal was made with Swiss and Egyptian developer Oroscom. They signed a 49-year lease deal that the company said will create around 200 new jobs and bring $8.11 million in revenue for the Montenegrin state over a 15-year period. That doesn't seem like a win. Yeah. $8 million in revenue over 15, 15 years? years? Yeah, right. That's like not even half a million a year. 
But this, or about uh, half a million, yeah. Now, the concentration camp was a fortress that was built in 1853 as a defense port along the uh, southernmost border of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Right. But in the 1940s, it was turned into a concentration camp by Italian dictator Benito Mussolini. Right. Uh, Mussolini. Right. And, of course, the fascist that he was. And there was a bunch of cruelty that took place there. Uh, it became known after the war in Italian military records document that 2,300 people were imprisoned there. 130 were killed or starved to death. Wow. And now it's going to be a luxury resort. That's crazy, man. Uh, with an with a infinity pool. Well, what is, the, uh, <laughs> what is it being used as right now? Is it a museum or anything? Um, I, have, like, I don't have any information on what it's currently. I mean, because you know the thing as, is, if it's totally vacant, it's just crumbling. I guess I could kind of say like, well, you might as well turn something bad into something good, you know. But if it was like a museum to pay respect and not forget the horrors that were committed, then I would say, no, man, you know, you shouldn't do that. But hey, you know, I don't know. Well, well right now it doesn't look like it's in any disrepair. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's currently being used of just sitting, you know, unattended. I have no idea, but. Yeah, but still, I think that, again, if it's not being used for anything, then I would say, you know, you might as well do something with it, right? Or something with that property or, or something. I don't think you'd just leave it vacant and let it uh, just fall apart is the right answer. But right. Eh, anyways, well, let's check it out. People have to research on their own a little bit. and uh, that just yeah. seems, It just seems a little odd. I mean, a memorial, yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Crazy. Uh, I'll tell you what's odd though is up in Boston, and I have a five-year-old, so I can really uh, empathize here with this whole situation. I can't imagine you leave your kid, you know, or you see him get on the school bus, or the in this case, it was a school van, and you go on about your day, and you're all happy dory, and like, and then you get this. Check this out. You don't need to see their faces to recognize the safety this five-year-old little girl feels in her mother's arms. Only Fox 25 cameras captured it as the two were reunited following the girls' six hours of solitude in this school bus van. I just had Grace out there and make sure she was okay. The girl's mother talked me through this scene on Hollingsworth Street in Mattapan earlier this afternoon, but emotionally could only do so over the phone, unidentified. Her preschool daughter's first words to her still fresh in her mind. What did she tell you when she finally saw you? That she was really, really scared and that she was screaming for help and that she wanted to go home. Boston police say a passerby heard those cries for help and called 911. When officers arrived around 1.30 p.m., they found the girl alone in the van. She'd apparently been there since being picked up at home at 7.20 this morning. Wow. That's crazy. Six hours this Boston, which means it's cold out this time of year. Five-year-old <sighs> left alone in the van and then is crying and then luckily some passerbyers heard some crying, called 911, and they rolled up on there. This is a van. It's not like a huge bus. <clears throat> no, it's a regular van. So Not that there's any excuse even for this happening on a huge bus. Right, yeah. No, I mean, they it's subcontracted out basically what it is. So the Page Academy oh. in Roxbury um, subcontracts out, you know, because you know, they don't have big yellow buses or whatever, which makes sense. I mean, I've seen that kind of stuff before happen. Mm -hmm. uh, but what's crazy is, like, if you're driving that bus – how can you not check? Like, I would think one of the things that you do is yeah. besides clean it or whatever, or park it, top it off with fuel. So when you do your afternoon route or whatever, like make sure all the kids are off the bus, make sure there's no backpacks, make sure nobody left anything. That's make sure primary concern, like, I would think. Yeah. But I think high on the list would be make sure there's no more kids. <laughs> wow. 
uh, and so you know the mother she was so emotional that she couldn't do it on camera so she did it over the phone and I can't blame her and uh, I, I just <laughs> I would be so livid dude I would be so I would want to whoop somebody's ass because what happened if she would have left the van or something or I don't know I mean well there's there's an investigation going on oh right? yeah I mean what's crazy is, I mean you know this is a breaking news story so the police have not charged the driver or the company and they're still investigating but I, I can't I can't help but think there's going to be some kind of account there preliminary charges isn't that such a thing <laughs> I don't know man uh. you know I, I don't know I don't know I'm just I'm just kind of flabbergasted so good lord yeah ugh ugh Sometimes I just want to throat punch humanity. <laughs> throat punch, that's right. You you want to get lawn darts and, and, and throw it at their, their butt box <laughs> as a torture device. <laughs> uh, it's like, here, put this ball gag in so you can bite down on it while I throw lawn darts at your ass. <laughs> that's a hell of a way to wrap it up, man. Oh, well. Oh, jeez. I could think worse things. Hey, uh, find all the links there, all the stuff we've talked about here on the program today. Hit up beerarmy.org. You can get the show notes there. You can get it right there through iTunes by double-clicking uh, the Beer Army Engaged logo. And uh, definitely rate and review. That's the best way to pass the word of Beer Army Engaged and Beer Army Radio. And don't forget, we will be back next week. Rounds out. Beer Army Radio.